obviously I'm from an Italian background and there's, you know, I think back to having when my nonna was alive, but probably more so through my mum, like they really did have the village. Yeah, they did. Like they, they really were, did. For, for my understanding, they were the quintessential village, mm-hmm. right? So they would all be in the small villages. Yeah. And they were all helping each other. And, and they would all help each other, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, even though I had my experience postpartum, it was still, you know, my mum was there pretty much every day mm-hmm. cooking. Yeah. So, again, it, it still comes back to this food and yeah. this nourishment and this sense of just let me feed you so I can mm-hmm. heal you. So previously on No Place Like Home, we were chatting with a beautiful Fern and her confinement experience which kind of got us thinking, didn't it, Jess, mm-hmm. about what other cultures do, how do we benefit, how do we add value to women of this society and culture around us and the community. Um, and, yeah, so we kind of just kept talking about that, didn't we? Because mm-hmm. I just think that Ufern's story about confinement was just so beautiful. Yeah. Um and then we got talking about, again, your experience in Berlin, mm-hmm. having your bubba. Um, and, yeah, maybe let's just talk to the listeners about what that experience is. Not not we've gone through your experience, but maybe just in general, like what Germany and the healthcare system provide yeah. for their citizens. Very different to what's on offer in Australia. Mm. Um, so I guess... The first, I mean, look, I, I did have home births both times, both births. So in Germany and in Australia, I had a different level of care than some mums would have received because I had those midwives. But as a general rule in Germany, when you have your baby, you have visits from your midwife for, I mean, I think mine was coming every second day for two weeks. Mm-hmm. But then I had plenty of milk. I had... I was healing, I was bonding with my baby. It was all wonderful. So then her visits stopped. That's but if right. I needed her, she would have kept coming until I didn't need her anymore. In addition to that, there's also the the state pays for pelvic floor physios. Mm. So, you know, I mean, luckily I didn't suffer from incontinence, yeah. but I did have a really awful issue with my tailbone at one stage. Ooh. Um yeah, which apparently was a pelvic floor issue. Right. I never took up the uh, the free pelvic floor physio appointments because it was all in German and it felt at the time just a bit overwhelming for me to um navigate. But the fact that that exists is so important because so many women have incontinence issues that they just it's almost like culturally we're just told oh it's just part of having a baby like that's just I didn't realize how big issue it was and it was only when I spoke to a girlfriend of mine who is actually a midwife at the Royal Women's and this is very early on when I was talking you know about home um and she was the one that said to me you need to do something around incontinence because it is huge Mm -hmm. and I was like what do you mean 
And no it's one often, talks about it. Yeah, no one talks about it. There's a lot of shame around it. Mm. And it's often um, the reason that women end up in in retirement villages or homes because they can't, you know, when you're that old and you can't control your bladder, it, it can be the difference between being able to live independently and needing to live with someone. And it's not just your bladder. You, there's such thing as faecal incontinence too, so people that can't help but poo their pants and and it's just so normalized or just sort of brushed away Mm. and you know a pelvic floor physio in Australia is so expensive Mm. and then you go and then they say oh you need an appointment in two weeks but they don't have any appointments available for you and it's just I mean is that because there's not enough of there's not enough yeah and is that does that fall under the umbrella of women's that kind of women's health so sometimes when I look them up on mm. Instagram and all the rest of it, they'll kind of have this umbrella of, uh, sorry, women's pelvic health. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I actually don't know I because mm. there's, there's people who do internal pelvic release work. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's different to a pelvic floor physio or not because I know that sometimes massage therapists do it and they aren't necessarily physios no I'm talking about the women that are qualified with the internal to be able to do the internal checks of your pelvic yeah I don't think you have to be a physio to get that qualification yeah 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 they're quite amazing yeah um so you know that's just another area where Germany is looking after their their birthing people by making sure that if you need a pelvic floor physio, you have access to one and you don't have to pay for it. I mean, in a way you are paying for it because health insurance is mandatory. You have to have health insurance if you live in Germany. And the way right. they do it is that you pay, most pla- most places set it up so that you pay half and your employer pays half. But gotcha. then that gives you access to everything you need. All of your, all of your midwife or obstetrician visits while you're pregnant, all of the birth, uh, all of the visits afterwards, they're mm. all covered. Um, and now the health in Germany is now paying for postpartum doulas. So, oh. yeah, so it has to be, it's not just like in, not anyone can get one, but if you have a letter from, you know, say you had a cesarean or you had twins or you are having a really hard time with the huge transition into motherhood, your midwife or your GP or your obstetrician can write a letter that means that you can get free mm. postpartum doula care. I mean, it's just... So it's like the equivalent of if the government actually put postpartum care on Medicare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what we And, you know, the private, for, private health funds also started covering it. That would be nice. I mean, no one's looking at how much money it's saving them, you know? Well, this was a huge part of like part of the research that I was doing in the interim when I started speaking to investors and philanthropists and all the rest of it is that the saving of actually front-ending preventative care in postpartum as opposed to the response recovery care after someone's been diagnosed with postnatal like yeah. they're the numbers that we're trying to affect as well with this preventative yeah. preventative yeah. care. Um, 
but it's like something in the order of I think over the lifetime. So in the it, over the when they say lifetime, I think it's seven years of a child um, across Australia was like seventy three billion dollars. Wow. That that like that that's yeah a significant amount yeah. of of money. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, another big factor I think, and this doesn't really play into postpartum care so much, but I think it's really a really interesting point mm. is when you have a baby in Germany, you get Elterngeld, so parent money for the first year of your baby's life. So it's like being on maternity leave for a year. Oh. And they don't pay your full wage. They pay, there's a minimum wage, there's a minimum amount, and then they will pay, I think it's up to 75% of your wage. I'd need to check, it's been a long time. So does that supersede, like, so you know how here we have maternity leave and the government pays for whatever it is? However many weeks it's changing. Now. Yeah, because yeah, it's probably changed. But so is it like that equivalent but yeah, they stretch but for it a out full year. for a full year? Yeah. And also in addition to that you get kindergeld every month until your child is 18 or until they move out of home. Mm. I mean, it's just, can you, you know, finances are so important. Like you, we yeah. take such a massive pay cut when we become parents and just having that, that support from the government so that we can thrive and take care of ourselves and take care of our kids and not have to be not have to be stressed about money. What a different yeah, world. I know. The the problem is though, you know, when I feel like we're speaking to these people in systems and government and particularly here in Australia, you know, I mean, we're trying to with the presence of home and this podcast, we're trying to flip the narrative mm-hmm. from, you know, the birth pregnancy story to your postpartum, mm-hmm. similar to what you, Fern, said, yeah? yeah, and I think it's so beautiful and so true about the first 40 days mm-hmm. being the representation of your next 40 years. Yeah. Like that really resonates with me. Like mm-hmm. I think about how my mother's gone through menopause mm-hmm. and then I look back and to the stories that she told me about her postpartum and I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, and then knowing other women that had, you know, they rested for their postpartum period and then how that lo- looking at their menopause experience, it's like, oh, no, I didn't have hot flushes. I didn't. Have... And, look, I'm, there's a gross generalisation on that as well and everyone's different, but it kind of does resonate that if yeah. we just look after ourselves. Yeah. It permeates. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, yeah, so my my postpartum experience with Jude, as we've discussed, was quite different because I was living here. Mm. I did still get very good care, um, but it was just it's so different to what you have access to in Germany. And there's a lot of other European countries where, you know, like I know that in, in the Netherlands you get a, a midwife visit every yes. day for 10 days. Yes. Um, it's just... You know, there's so many amazing systems set up to support mums in other countries. Did yeah. you did you speaking of traditions, was there anything from your culture that you brought into your Well, I was postpartum? just thinking about that. And there's probably obviously I'm from an Italian 
background. And there's, you know, I think back to having when my nonna was alive, but probably more so through my mum, like they really did have the village. Yeah, they did. Like they, they really were, did. For, for my understanding, they were the quintessential village, mm-hmm. right? So they would all be in the small villages. Yeah. And they were all helping each other. And, and they would all help each other, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, even though I had my experience postpartum, it was still, you know, my mum was there pretty much every day mm-hmm. cooking. Yeah. So, again, it, it still comes back to this food and yeah. this nourishment and this sense of just let me feed you so I can mm-hmm. heal you. Um, even now we still sit around the table and for some reason Italians just think we all need to heal each other at the same time even <laughs> when we're 40 years old by eating. But, you know, it is um, – I always had mum there, mm-hmm. you know, cooking for me and, you know. And even my mother-in-law, like now even – you know, her vegetable garden is the most incredible thing um, and she's constantly picking food and bringing it over, you know, so that that nurturing of food I think was my yeah. constant in yeah. my postpartum experience. And that cultural thing that was passed down. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, and obviously that will shift and change for me with my children. Well, only be, because of I think they'll be staying at home. Well, I hope so. They want. They'll be asking for me. I'll be like, no, I'm going to help other women. <laughs> um, yeah, so I suppose, you know, it's an interesting, as much as there was nothing specific like the confinement that you, Fern, spoke about with, you know, the traditional Chinese herbs and having certain things on certain days, I think for me it was just that the presence of my mum there and cooking for me just generally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just want to use this conversation as a moment to share with people that if you're listening on Spotify, mm. there's a question box. I only just found out about this. So if anyone <laughs> has any questions for us or if anyone wants to share with us what traditions they bought from their own cultures that they integrated into their postpartum or you know if like me you gave birth in another country and the way you were treated was vastly different to how you were treated here or how mums are treated here we would really love to hear absolutely about other people's experiences so yeah I think one of the most important things for us to do when caring for new mums um is to provide that space, support and encouragement for you to feel empowered in making those Mm -hmm. choices that you want to make for your family. Um, And that includes embracing tradition and culture, whatever its benefit is, as long as it's, you know, caring for the mother. Mm -hmm. And if we can integrate all of those things into a space like home or mm-hmm. even you just now, you know, if you're really new to postpartum and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't have any support, you know, you might be an expat, you know, yeah. this is something that is really big as well. You know, what are these little things, you know, go and jump on um, the Elan House of Wellness and, you know, buy a beautiful tea for mm-hmm. yourself or Buy the soak or, or you know. say no to that social engagement that you've been invited to yes. two days after your baby's due date and instead feel zero guilt for staying at home and resting with your baby. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. All of those beautiful things. Um, yeah, I think what what we're hoping to do as well on the podcast is really talk to women from all walks of life, mm-hmm. all cultures, all ethnicities, all diversities, mm-hmm. um, to also get really beautiful snippets like you, Fern, did with us, just that beautiful little insight into what their traditions are, yeah. what their thoughts are. What worked, what didn't. Yeah. yeah, and how we can all take those beautiful little pieces of all of that mm-hmm. and how do we integrate that yeah. into our lives. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, I'm constantly researching all of these things, thinking about how we can bring it into um, the space of home. But I think every day it's important as we're releasing these podcasts for us to really be able to enhance the current experiences for women and them Mm -hmm. in their postpartum journey. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and their guest speakers. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. This podcast is for informational purposes only and content here should not be taken as medical or professional advice. Please consult your healthcare professional for any personal recommendations and medical care. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate based on the best available information at the time of recording, we welcome any comments, suggestions or feedback via our website contact form home.com.au forward slash contact. Names and details of personal experiences may have been changed to allow for anonymity and privacy. To join the conversation, join us on social media at Home Postpartum.